Hello, and welcome to the Conrad Life Report. This is episode 107. It is Monday, January the 22nd, 2024. Recording here by the window, uh, in my chair by the window in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn. There's been some changes to the corner where the chair by the window sits. Uh, I kind of moved a few things around. I brought up a shelf that had been in the basement that I found on the street. Actually, it was um, our former next door neighbors when they were moving out, sadly. Um, It's a very nice little shelf, and I brought it up finally. And now that I've moved things around, I feel like the corner is exactly how I want it to be. I, I have places to put things. I have little tables. I have a small side table for drinks. I have a little holder for all of my pens. I have several lamps. So everything's falling into place. So it's good times here by the window. Uh, Let's see. It's been like uh, almost a month since the last one. looks like the last episode was just before New Year's Eve. Um, That was quite a holiday period of eating a lot of foods and drinking a lot of drinks and yeah, um, I definitely cooled things down once uh, the calendar turned in, into 2024. But we had a we had a good end of the year. Uh, if I recall, we were just about to go to the Poconos <laughs> um, when I was recording the last one. So we went to the Poconos for one night, and that was because my sister and her family were driving from Cincinnati to, which is a long drive to go to the Kalahari Water Resort, which the reason they were going is because they have friends in central New Jersey and they were meeting. And when they decided to do that, they let us know and we decided to go join them for one night because Oliver gets along with his cousins and it would be nice to see them. And we've been to the Kalahari. Longtime listeners will recall that we went to the Kalahari in Round Rock, Texas, two years ago. Uh, That was also for very little reason. I mean, that was just to visit friends. Um, Why we picked that one in Austin? Just because it was a warm weather place, basically. Uh, But um, the the friends we were visiting lived in Chicago. So this is our second random Kalahari visit. And, you know, now I consider myself to be somewhat of an expert on Kalahari and the one in Austin is way nicer than the one in the in Pennsylvania even though they're ostensibly the same but the layout of the actual water park in Round Rock was way better it was roomier spacier when you entered the water park itself you sort of immediately were able to get a sense of where everything was whereas the one in Pennsylvania is it's smaller and there are main There are big, I don't know what you even call it, like structures right when you walk in that prevent you from getting a lay of the land. And um, I don't know. It just seemed a lot less airy and less ventilated. And maybe that was my imagination, but also because it was late December and everyone was on Earth was sick. And it just seemed very stuffy in there. And I didn't enjoy it. Um, I mean, it was fine. But Oliver and I went on that lazy river about 17 times. And that was enough. And he got to see his cousins. We were in the arcade for a while, which is probably the loudest arcade on earth. And but it was nice as as you know, we like our one day getaways. We like staying in random hotels. This was a Fairfield Inn in Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. 
when we got to Pennsylvania from New York, we went to this the drive through this McDonald's near Kalahari. And then after Kalahari, when it was oddly, we kind of needed to get out of there, but the timing was weird. We just decided to go right back to that McDonald's, went back to the drive through and it was the same woman working at the window. Uh, thankfully, I don't think she recognized us. Or if she did, it wasn't a big deal to her. Maybe they have many more than once a day visitors through the drive through So anyway, that was our trip. And then the next day we went up to the family house in West Saugerties, and this was nice because we never drive from eastern Pennsylvania up there. So we got to go on this, um, I can't remember what it's called now, some Pocono Watershed Natural National Forest or something uh, along the Delaware River. And it was very, very pleasant drive. And then um, across the, well, across into New York State, and we went up a very tall hill and then back down and my ears were popping. It's been a while since that happened. It was a lot of fun when we were, that's on 84. Uh, so then we had one night up in West Saugerties. Uh, my brother-in-law and I s- sneaked out of the house for a couple of quick beers at the station bar on Tinker Street in Woodstock. And that was fun to just get out of the house and have some in-town drinks. Yeah. And then the next day came back to the city. And the big New Year's Eve plan was fish uh, at the garden. Every year, uh, I like to go to one of the four New Year's Eve shows. And in the past, I've liked to go to the non-New Year's Eve nights so I can spend New Year's Eve at home. But I've realized that every single year, nothing happens at home on New Year's Eve. And my family falls asleep early, and it's just boring. And I've stayed home for no reason, except for the fact that I just kind of prefer to stay home. But if nothing's even happening at home, then it's just double boring. Well, anyway, this year, we again got the suite through the company, the company suite at the garden. But at first, we thought we were only getting New Year's Eve, where in the past, we had a select, we had a, kind of a choice of nights. So that was the instigator this year to say, well, okay, I'm going to New Year's Eve itself, because that's going to be my only chance. Turns out that they opened up the suite for the other nights, too, but... I had committed to go to going to New Year's Eve, brought along my aforementioned brother-in-law, uh, Drew, also my friend Andrew Krukoff, accepted an invitation, and um, we went to New Year's Eve at, at, the, at the company box. Now, the funny thing is, the way it's shared amongst our uh, fellow business units is we don't really ever know who's coming from the Wall Street Journal side, and it's always a surprise. And sometimes it's fun because you you actually network. It's all, it's the only networking I ever enjoy is when I see people in there. Uh, but this time we had no idea, and then when we showed up, turns out no one. So we had uh, the suite was not even at half capacity, which is made made it even more roomy than usual. So it was very comfortable, very nice. I just ate cheeseburgers and drank wine, and we had a little bit of scotch to toast the New Year's, and. This fish show, if you know and or care, or if you heard, it was kind of the one of the most legendary fish New Year's Eve shows ever, probably shows ever, where they they finally did their whole game henge suite in full, and um, it was quite fantastic. So I enjoyed that. So that was uh, that was New Year's Eve. The next day or New Year's Day went upstairs for the. Uh, traditional uh, duck, duck, uh, Korean New Year soup, 
which is basically a dumpling soup, and it was excellent. Always a nice way to start off the new year. Uh, two days later, I found my 2024 annual planner. I usually try to do it the week before the new year, but this year, um, I went to measure twice here in the neighborhood, which I love on Court Street, um, co-owned and co-operated by uh, Zach uh, Barakas, the the drummer in the great band Jawbox. But they didn't have a great selection of planners this year, so I didn't buy a planner there. Um, and instead, I went to McNally Jackson in Rockefeller Center, which has an outstanding selection of planners and just stationery in general. And I got this this Dutch, is it Dutch? Let me see. It is, no, it's Danish. It's made in Denmark. This is a company called Notem, N-O-T-E-M. Uh, it is the thickest annual planner I have yet gotten, and I love it. So new annual planner, uh, very exciting. Other turn of the year news, um, how about them University of Michigan Wolverines, my alma mater. Uh, it was very fun to watch the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day. I was moving rather slowly, by the way. That was the day after the fish show. And then the watch the national championship over at um, my friend Eric's. So with my fellow Michigan alumni, uh, that was a lot of fun. I mean, what a fun season it was. It provided me a lot of joy on the weekends. Um, and other random neighborhood news. I mean, now it's a slow time. We had a humbled by the void practice. Humbled by the Void, of course, being um, the neighborhood band I am in with my neighbors Chad Dickerson and Chris Dameron. And um, we practice down in Chad's basement. And we've only ever played uh, a public gig in Chad's basement. But we're working on some new covers. Um, a lot of fun. Practice uh, is like practice consists basically of just playing some songs and then having some drinks and listening to WFMU and talking about stuff and going back and playing some more songs. Uh, very fun band to be in. So keep an eye out for a gig announcement. Um, I think maybe later in the spring or summer. Uh, speaking of gigs, I will be playing in, uh, let's see, what's it called? The Royal American Social Aid and Pleasure Club, uh, which is a once a year band that plays on Mardi Gras led by my neighbor and fellow uh, PS32 dad, Pete Thompson, who is from New Orleans, and it's just a bunch of Mardi Gras songs. So my I Get Wild bandmate, Mike Phillips, is playing in it. My uh, musical, sometimes bandmate and colleague in various things, and neighbor, David Nagler, is in it, and some other people. Uh, so that would be very fun. Oh, So that's at, for any of you interested, that's uh, Saturday, February 10th which is the like three days before Mardi Gras down at Mama Tried in Sunset Park. Um, if you have not been to Mama Tried, it is my favorite Brooklyn bar. That's not Bar Great Harry. Um, I mean, it's just a great bar and practice and like a place to see shows. Since it's winter, we'll be indoors, which so if you've been to Mama Tried, it's very tight in there. Uh, the band will be to the right when you walk in. Um, I went last year as an attendee and it was a blast. I mean, I... I guarantee a fun time if you go. So, yeah, that's uh, Saturday, February 10th, Mardi Gras show at Mama Tried. Uh, I'll be playing percussion, of course. Let's see. Other recent things. Um, went on an MTA adventure with Oliver. He goes on a lot of long subway rides with Julie, uh, 
which it's sometimes that's after school. I usually am not a part of that, which is kind of fine with me. But this time he's been wanting to go on the B-57 bus, which is our neighborhood bus. He's been wanting to go to the end. Um, so on MLK Day, which was frigid, uh, we went, we got on the bus at at Douglas Street, Smith and Douglas, um, and we rode it all the way to the end. It goes up Smith Street, J Street, um, Tillery, uh, and then um, Flushing Avenue. Wait, but yeah, yeah, Tillery. Oh, Gold Gold Navy Street. Tillery Street, Navy Street, Flushing Avenue, and then it's Flushing Avenue kind of all the way through like East Williamsburg, Bushwick, um, and then into Masspeth, Queens, and we were the last people on, and then the guy just said, last stop, so we had to get off. Uh, then we went into, we were in the middle of Masspeth, Queens, um, which is fine, and uh, went into Dunkin' Donuts because we didn't know what else to do, and then we waited for the Q58 bus. And we took the Q58 bus about 10 blocks down to the Fresh Pond Road station where we got on the M train. Then we rode the M train inbound into the city. Um, That's about like five, six stops before it gets to the Williamsburg Bridge, crossing the Williamsburg Bridge. And then we got off at Delancey and then transferred to the F and then went the four stops back home to Carroll Street. So that was our MTA adventure. It was the B-57 to the Q-58 to the M to the F. Um, And Oliver quite enjoyed it, and I did too. I didn't even once look at my Kindle, which I brought along. Um, Other things. Oh, I want to send a shout-out to my friends Carrie and Barton, Carrie specifically, in South Freeport, Maine. Uh, I met them at the Nationals Homecoming Fest in Cincinnati, and they are a wonderful, wonderful couple. And Carrie works at the main beer company and sent me a incredible sampler of just like a small case of main beer company beer and i love main beer main beer company beer so thank you so much for that i've already had a couple uh i'm saving a few others for whenever people come over um i know that i'm going to open the bottle of dinner with pete who has requested dinner um but anyway love it love main beer company and let's see, the last thing, um, oh yeah, the last sort of just like random hanging out thing is that I went to a birthday party over the weekend. Wait, what else did I do over the weekend? Friday was uh, happy hour, bar great Harry. Yeah, Saturday went to um birthday party down in Dumbo. It was um, our friend Lockhart's birthday and saw a bunch of people that I hadn't seen in a long time, including... Mark and Megan Graham. Great to see them, of course. Uh, my old friend Lindsay Robertson, who lives here in the neighborhood. Uh, let's see, who else was there? Rex Sorgatz, who I was sadly unable to talk to because everyone was busy talking. Um, Michelle, his partner, had a great time hanging out with her. Uh, had a real ball chatting with um, Carrie uh, and also uh, Carrie McGovern and also Joey Eric and... Um, that was a blast. So yeah, just a nice, nice, um, really lively party in an apartment. I uh, drank a couple of glasses of red wine. Um, 
I would have been up for an after party, but also it was so cold and everyone just, it's an event sort of starts petering out and then you kind of feel that vibe and it's hard to stop it. But had a great time. Great, great party. Um, Good to see old pals. Um, Who else was there? Am I forgetting anyone? No, I guess that's it. Elizabeth Spires. Uh, Very fun. And then yesterday just watched football, basically, and uh, went to Wegmans. Oh, yeah, so Wegmans has been going well. I like to go solo. A couple of weeks before yesterday, Julie and Oliver have been coming, and they go to the brand-new Starbucks. There's a new Starbucks in the Wegmans parking lot area. Um, So if you pull into the Wegmans parking lot and you're looking at Wegmans, it's to the right uh, where there's like four little small strip mall-type businesses. There's a new Starbucks in there. It's very nice. So they've been going in there and hanging out. But this time, uh, I think, you know, Julie just wanted everyone out of the house. I took Oliver and... Yeah, it gets very impatient there. I mean, Wegmans is just like a sensory overload, especially if you go at Sunday at one o'clock. So don't know if it'll be if we'll be doing any more just me and Oliver going to Wegmans trips. Um, Didn't run into my pal Brendan Gilmartin there. uh, So that was nice. But as he noted, the vibe at Wegmans yesterday was hand to hand combat. Uh, Anyway, so that's been the last few weeks. Let's see. Um. Music. I'm going to go through some stuff. I don't think I covered anything last time, and I know I'm missing stuff, but here's what's in my notes. Some albums I've listened to. Oh Me Oh My by Lonnie Holly. Uh, Lonnie Holly, the great artist and musician. Um, I know he played Socrates last night. My friend Dave Nelson plays, backs him often, playing trombone. Um, anyway, this album by Lonnie Holly is highly recommended. It got a great review in Pitchfork, if that is of importance to you. Uh, and side note, it's obviously very sad what happened with Pitchfork. I hope it's able to continue um, in it in whatever, some some sort of positive form. But anyway, Lonnie Holly. Listen to a band called, I guess it's pronounced the Hippos. Might be the Hypos, H-Y-P-O-S. Uh, it is Scott McMicken, McMicken from Dr. Dog and a dude from, oh my gosh, is it Raining Sound? I can't remember. But it sounds like Scott, it sounds like Scott McMicken's last record, um, which itself sounded like Dr. Dog, if you're into that. Listen to Little Rope by Sleater Kinney. Um, I've always liked, not loved Sleater Kinney, but this is a f- fine enough album, and I definitely like it more than the St. Vincent one that was a couple years ago. I uh, listened to an album that I read about on Pitchfork by a South Korean folk singer named Min Wee Lee, and the album's called Hometown to Come. It was quite good, uh, but it is very much a vibe, and it's qui- it's a very quiet folk album, so uh, be in that zone if you're going to listen to that. Uh, oh, yeah, so the Antlers, who are old pals of mine and a great, great band, uh, Peter from the Antlers has a new ambient project with the person from Port St. Oh my gosh, Port St. what? Port St. Willie? Port St. Huron? Port Port St. Lucy? No. Uh, but anyway, the album is the band is called Cowboy Sadness, and the album is called Selected Jambient Works, Volume One. Hehe. <laughs> uh, I loved it. Um, just very like Western, twinged, twanged, ambient music. Um. 
The Trans-Canada Highwaymen, great album. This is, their album's called Explosive Hits Volume 1. It's a Canadian indie supergroup comprised of Chris Murphy from Sloan, who plays bass in Sloan, but he plays drums here. Uh, Stephen Page, who is solo now, but it was in Bare Naked Ladies. Um, I cannot remember the bassist's name, but it's the guy from The Odds, the Vancouver band The Odds, uh, a band that probably most Americans have not heard of. I think most Americans know Bare Naked Ladies, of course, and Sloan. And I think a handful of Americans know the great band The Pursuit of Happiness from Toronto. And Mo Berg from The Pursuit of Happiness plays guitar in this band, too. So it's the four of them. And ex- with the exception of the theme from Trans-Canada Highwaymen, which is an original song that tells the story of how they got together, it's all covers of 70s Canadian classics, like just great Canadian 70s rock, like uh, April Wine stuff. Um, people, I can't even remember their name right now. I should have written it down, but... This is a great, great party record that will put a smile on your face. Um, let's see. Black Grape has a new record out, which may surprise people. Um, and it's their first album in seven years, which may surprise people that they had a, they made a record seven years ago. But Black Grape, which is Sean Ryder from the Happy Mondays and um, this other guy, Kermit, from Manchester. And they first came out in 1995. This album isn't as good as their classic stuff, but the vibe is there. Um, I think I saw Bill Paris in Brooklyn Vegan mention that like it's a really fun record, even if the melodies aren't great, which is the best way to put it. And let's see. Listen to the Green Day record, Saviors, and um, it's good. I, I've always liked Green Day fine, um, and it's a very good record. If you like that sort of thing. Uh, moving on quickly to books, uh, I've read a bunch of books. Let's see, Doppelganger by Naomi Klein. Um, she wrote No Logo, of course. She wrote The Shock Doctrine. She is often confused with uh, Naomi Wolf, who has kind of gone off the rails and is a spouter of many conspiracies. And this book is about how Naomi Klein often gets confused with Naomi Wolf, and it takes that doppelganger theme and applies it to basically several main topics including um, everything that happened with COVID in our society, uh, the Israel-Palestine and just dual sense of Israeli identity, and um, the current state of United States politics and just the rise of the right across the world. So it's pretty heavy. It is a very, very good and I think important book. so yeah, Doppelganger by Naomi Klein. Also read The Gospel of the Hold Steady by, uh, what is his name? I will pull it up. Uh, Michael Hahn, H-A-N-N. Uh, this is a oral history by the Hold Steady about their history. And if you are a fan, it's fantastic. Uh, the Six-Day War by Michael B. Oram is a history of the Six-Day War in 1967 between Israel and um Egypt and Jordan and Syria. (laughs) Um, And it was just good to sort of like, I've always known roughly what happened, but to read a very detailed 500-page history is fascinating to see all of the personalities and the national identities and personalities involved. And uh, continuing me and Oliver's journey through all of the Ramona Quimby books, 
We've recently, and we're going totally out of order, we've recently finished Ramona and her father and also Beezus and Ramona. And one thing about Ramona and her father especially, and this is this is typical of the whole series, but it just really like observes from the kid's point of view just how adults are fallible. And also it just really gets a, it's very good at just identifying the mixed emotions that adults and kids feel about lots of things. And anyway, just su- such great books. And I never read them as a kid, so I'm reading all these for the first time too. And that's it. I think that's it for the this episode. Uh, all right, 25 minutes. Yeah, so I guess that's it. Other than that, oh, I don't think it's been announced yet, but... If anyone's still listening and anyone wants to come to, we're doing, me and Scott Devendorf are doing our first Grateful Dead DJ night since the pandemic, uh, which we used to do monthly at Three's Brewing. We uh, hopefully will be back there soon, uh, but this one is at Scott's Friends Bar Broken Land in Greenpoint. Um, And so, yeah, I think. I think Scott's pal just brought it up and we're going to do it. So um, we did a few, as you know, we did some we did some dead nights that were virtual throughout the pandemic that were done on Twitch through our friends at Relics. And um, our friend and my bandmate, Michael Arthur, did some live drawing, too. This will be way more just of a uh, back to basics. Um, it's just going to be Scott and me at the bar playing dead soon song. So Thursday, February 8th. Uh, at Broken Land in Greenpoint, if anyone wants to come, like 7 to 11 or something like that. And that is it. All right, so this has been episode 107 of the Conrad Life Report, Monday, January 22nd, 2024, sitting here by in the uh, recently revamped and more awesomer corner by the window in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn. Talk to you next time.